Good evening, Foam Flingers. You've tuned in for another exciting episode of Foam After Dark. It has been a hot minute, so let us go ahead and switch over. And welcome everybody to the show. I'm Bots, of course. Uh, joining me, of course, is my co-host, Blaster at Arms, and we got two strange individuals with us. <laughs> so, who are you guys and what makes you famous? Lance, you want to go first? Sure. Uh, well, my name's Lance. I wouldn't say I'm famous, but <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, if anything, infamous. No, but uh, <laughs> I am uh, I am uh, one of um, uh, one of the primary uh, assistants uh, to Kyle here, and we uh, Kyle and I, along with uh, another um, uh, another two, uh, Matt and Devin. We run the uh, Frag Society events, um, the largest of which is the Mall Mutation Madness Hardcore, which is a yearly event. And I think that's kind of where most people will know us from. Yep. So then, hi, I'm Kyle. I uh, I founded the Frag Society, and I've been running hardcore events since 2015. Wow. Uh, yeah, and, and we're... we're gearing up and designing our fourth mall mutation madness hardcore this uh this october so we've been invited on the show to uh talk about it with you guys uh in just a little bit nice and blaster you want to say anything you've been strangely quiet i'm just he's just taking it all in <laughs> oh no my mute my mic was muted i didn't realize <laughs> Dang it. He's just starstruck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just thoroughly awestruck. Uh, yeah, glad you guys could join us. Um, Mall Mutation Madness Hardcore seems like a, an awesome game uh, to play and to even run. Like the, just being able to ru even run a game like that and uh, set something up for people to enjoy just seems like it, it's a lot of fun on its own. Yeah, you feel accomplished afterwards, definitely. Because, yeah. A lot of work, but yeah, it's it's it's, it's all worth it at the end. At least for, at least that's how I feel. I'm sure Kyle yeah. feels the same. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I was gonna say it, it depends. Mm -hmm. Like if we're talking like immediately after we just get everything back in storage, like <laughs> I don't want to talk to anyone for a week. Yeah. But, uh, no, no, no. I, I I I get a lot of enjoyment out of running these games, and uh, each one getting bigger and better, and. Uh, just trying to do more and push the envelope as far as what can be done on the field with the fewest number of admins and moderators and trying to get as many players on and acting independently of each other at any one time and just creating as much chaos as possible. It's, 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 it's an art form for me and I, I, I think I'm getting pretty okay at it. So I, but I, yeah, I love it. Love it to death. Well, I'll say for transparency, I've never attended your events, but I have seen a lot of footage about them, a lot of photos, a lot of videos, and I'm impressed. So I was really happy to have you on the show. Well, thanks. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. yeah. It's certainly an event I would like to get to at some point in time. Yeah, it's definitely on the bucket list. Not, not <laughs> this year, but hopefully next year. Like, yeah. That would be awesome. We understand there's tons of events that we want to go to as well, but it's just, yeah, travel's expensive. Mm -hmm. so. Life gets in the way of us having yep. fun. Dang yep. it. Yeah. All right. Uh, we got a few things we want to talk about, right? 
Like, uh, so yeah, that's a little bit of news. And, uh, yeah, let's do some blaster news and then we'll get into the real, real topic because, uh, I think we can talk for like hours and hours about this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you want to go ahead and uh, bring it up, Blaster? Oh, yeah, first? so, well, we got some Blaster news, right? Uh, Transformer Blasters have hit. There's the Optimus Prime Warden and somebody revving their big diesel outside my house. Um, <laughs> uh, the Bumblebee, which is a Tetrad, right? Yeah. You said it was a that, Tetrad, right? It, it yeah, is okay. a Tetrad. Actually, I have photos of those. I should have those queued, but clearly I am oh. not a professional. <laughs> right. Uh, the chewing gum didn't stick very well on oh. that one. It fell off the wall. We apologize. Uh, the Dark Zone Thunderbolt and Outlaw have hit shelves. Woohoo! It's going to be uh, fun and exciting to see. And I am just absolutely impressed that um, uh, Busby is actually doing a better job than Nerf now. Like, they've got this easy fire rifle, and it's a magazine blaster with, get this, people, more than one magazine in the package. It's amazing. Um, man, it'd be, be cool if uh, maybe some of the other manufacturers could get on board with that. That would be cool. Uh, do you got shots up there? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah they should be going okay, right cool, there. cool. Um, and, uh, oh, another thing. What was it about the Busby easy rifle? Oh, they have new the accuracy darts, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're bragging. Let me pause it right here. They're called AccuBlast darts. And Accu-blast. as, uh, me and Fallon, uh, from the Walcom service are calling them Perry the Platypus darts <laughs> because they look like Perry the Platypus. Oh, they do. <laughs> <laughs> The platypus darts. <laughs> Let's hope they got like a poisonous sting to them. But yeah, the uh, Air Warriors Easy Fire came out, which I'm mildly interested in. The Thunderbolt is also on store shelves. These are actually photos I took today uh, from my Target. I was there looking for furniture because I'm moving, but <laughs> I was like, damn it. I, can't, uh, I had extra jelly blasters. in my peanut butter sandwich today <laughs> because I went to a Target and I did not find those. Well, we're in the same boat then, because neither one of us got them. <laughs> yeah, but you at least got to see them. I didn't even get to see them. Fair enough. Like, in real life. So. Fair enough. Anyways. All right, so those are the big boys, right? Let's talk about what our friends are making. Uh, community-created stuff. Uh, Silly has posted files for the, bat- the, the Battle Mage, oh, uh, which yeah. is his nice little... Uh, it's got a turnaround in it, and it's um, a nice reciprocating uh, AG, right? So, like, that's cool. I don't have any photos uh, of that. Oh, wait, I just found some. Dude, I put the link in there. Yes, I know, but remember, I'm moving, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then um, on the flywheel side of things, because we're still going to run some powered stuff, right, is uh, Brooklyn Tony um, on YouTube had posted the files for the srp2 they're available on printables it's a straight talon mag fed flywheel pistol um i've watched the the development on this it's pretty cool he solved some pretty interesting problems with how do you get a um straight mag at an angle to feed a dart out at an angle that it's not pointed at and it's pretty good it's um very interesting problem solving that he did there so i thought that was cool and certainly worth a mention i'll definitely get photos for those and i'll put them up uh uh, in our show notes because i did not have those images ready and i do apologize for that oh that's okay (laughs) we'll make it up to you guys we're sorry 
and now uh, we'll make it up to you by having like a really kick-ass conversation here with uh, Kyle and Lance about Mall Mutation Madness. Probably one of the the best games going right now um, in our in our community. I, I I I appreciate the praise. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's honestly true because there's so many games going on. Like I I can't go and attend them and and compare. But I can I can tell you from the games that I have been to and like you know across the nation a bunch of different games. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's always one of the things that I do as a player is I'm, I don't want to say I'm judging because I'm not judging. You're spectating. I, well, it's, it's, I'm not even spectating. Like, I'm there to play, but like I analyzing. Analyzing is the proper yeah. word. Analyzing. Exactly, I am breaking down everything at every point in time. I'm taking a look at all of the moving components and pieces and. I'm going okay what's working what's not working why is it working and yeah it's just constant analysis every time i go play a game somewhere else so that's cool uh i think that so my favorite thing about what i've seen at mall mutation madness is i love squad based games right and the the centrality of the squad being kind of essential to the progress in that game uh, is one of the things I really love. I just, I love getting out there with a crew of guys and really making something happen. And you've not just done that. You've kind of turned it into a whole evening of getting together with some friends and playing a role-playing game uh, in real life instead of, you know, with dice and paper and, Mm -hmm. but without it being so LARPy. It, and, you know. and that's exactly it. I I I, I kind of wanted to step in there for a second when you said it's role playing because there are roles on the team that you yeah. will act on, but there's there's no like other than like physical actions and roles like in the squad. There's no I, any role playing at this point is not like based on character or yeah, personality right. or. It, it is entirely 100% live action and yeah yeah, yeah. well it's really really playing with it's larping without larping <laughs> and that's what i really like about it cuz i've larped and you know it's fun in its own way but this just seems a lot like it seems a lot know, more streamlined it's a real appeal to me a yeah. lot more streamlined well, and and that kind of goes back to like just the general theory of game design that mm-hmm. I always come back to. And this is one of the reasons why, like, I, I've, I've helped out with LARPs. I've done some NPC stuff. I've tried to play a few of them. Uh, the mechanics are always so clunky. Mm-hmm. You got people shouting out numbers for hit points. You got people calling out numbers for uh, time delays and mm-hmm. cooldowns. And, uh, and for some things, that works. But other than like counting down as a live timer, because nobody's going to have a, a you know a stopwatch on them at all points in time, like there really shouldn't be any reason why people are counting out loud. Yeah. yeah. And uh, nobody should be doing math in a in a, a combat situation or tag situation. So. Okay. Well, think, the... uh, oh, go, go ahead, Lance. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say uh, I think mm-hmm. uh, uh, Kyle. I think it's fair to say that we were kind of experiencing. Um, a few of those things in uh, games that we were playing in the past, and that's kind of one of the genesises of uh, you wanting to start hardcore. Oh, yeah, yeah, ab- yeah. A- absolutely. Uh, in fact, uh, hardcore 
was birthed, you know, in, in 2015. You know, geez, feels like forever ago. But uh, the first hardcore game literally was, I don't want to say a game of spite, but uh, I, I had been playing HVZ for a few years uh, up at my alma mater. Um, and uh, what it was, I had... Ad, hang, hang on, I was just passed something by, by Matt, so I, I need to read this real quick. <laughs> okay. Uh, he, he was saying roleplay in terms of character is entirely on the players. So, like, yeah. in, in the game, uh, you know, they can do as little or as much as they want, as, but the core game stays, stays the same for everybody. Mm-hmm. So, but, but, but no, like, like I was saying, like, uh, I had run the game for, like, two or three years. I, I was really big into the design aspect, and then, like, I was like, okay, I'm going to let the, the, the current students... Take and it over. Uh, player base mm-hmm. kind of take over. So I, I went back to playing, and it was it was just interesting to watch the cyclic nature of everybody trying to leave their mark on the game and change things according to their personal preferences mm-hmm. instead of developing a game like for playability's sake. And I was getting very frustrated with the fact that like the game was becoming very larpy and very you know role play intensive. And I was like, this is a game of tag. Yeah, we're, we're we're losing player base because the people who want to run around and have fun can't do that. Very true. And, yeah. Uh, so 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 I was like, screw it. I'm I'm gonna create mechanics that make sense for the most action packed <laughs> games the zombie tag possible, and that's that's how we end up with the hardcore rule set. <laughs> cool. Well, that, that actually goes into like one of my first questions, which is, what is HVZ like to you guys? Because obviously you guys have played HVZ before. Um. So how would you define it, and more more importantly, how does it how does Mall Mutation Madness differ from traditional HVC? Well, Lance, I'll let you feel like how you feel about traditional HVC because you played a lot of those games with me. So yeah, yeah. So for me, for me, HVC is more about um, the physical physicality and almost exercise, like. I, I prefer it to almost be like a sport, mm-hmm. um, uh, mostly because, you know, I, I ran cross country in high school, but now I'm a, uh, much older and a <laughs> little bit, a little bit fatter. Yeah. And so, As are you we know, all. I like to, yeah. <laughs> so I like to have something that is enjoyable, um, you know, other than just running on a treadmill that will keep my body you know, uh, from collapsing at least a few more decades longer. Um, and so that's, I think where, uh, uh, the LARPing aspects of it, uh, again, to bring that back, uh, not as satisfying to me, they're not anything wrong with them. Um, it's just, I really like to run around. Um, even if I'm not the best at it, you know, I just like to run around. Um, so yeah, HVZ is more of like a sport to me. Um, but not not a mill sim and not a LARP, but that's just so, my opinion. So is that like uh, the Zombie Land guy, right? Like, what was his yeah. real one? Was Cardio, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it, it's just interesting because like so so many games where we played, like you didn't have to have the best blaster, you didn't have to have the most gear or the most ammo, you didn't have to be the most prepared. If you could just run, yeah, you thin out all numbers to like only a couple of people who can keep up with you at any point in time. And you are never taking on more than like one or two zombies. And like, I I can't remember which NVZ I was at. 
Where... Oh, NVZ, that takes me back. <laughs> yeah, no, there, there, was, there was some mission with a bunch of tanks uh, that we had to shoot targets and get targets to drop back and bombard them with ammo or something as they're making uh, loops through, you know, a predetermined path. And I remember the entirety of the human group was kind of hanging back and afraid to approach these things because of the zombies around them. Mm-hmm. And I ran up there with, uh, like, a squad of, like, three or four people who were just quick and we we all ran and we just kept running up and darting in and out and you know we we would stick and move and that was one of the only times where it's like oh we don't actually have enough ammo on us because the designers of this game wanted this to be a standout slugfest so like we're dumping everything we had into it and they're telling us oh it's not enough it's not enough but we're the only spots getting anywhere close enough to do anything to it it's just like ah wow so yeah, it, it was just like, ugh, it, it, it was frustrating, but it was like, so, so you, 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 you know, the, 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 the physicality, the, the, mm-hmm. the sport aspect, the athleticism was, was completely forgotten about because we wanted everybody to be so blaster focused at that event. So, yeah, I, but, uh... but yeah, for me, for me, HVZ, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's always been a game of tag. Like I've always been a huge fan of tag and, uh, uh, Going back to like even high school, like I was on science club, math club, and I would get yelled at by my club sponsors <laughs> for for dragging my club mates after school out to the park where we'd go to the playground equipment and play tag. And uh, we were actually very close one year to uh, making shirts that said our, our tag club has a science problem, science club, but... <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like I've always been focused on tag, like uh, lots of paintball. Uh, through college, laser tag especially because, like, crap! I remember all finding old laser tag gear that was still functional, like when I was uh, eight, nine years old, and just playing with that religiously. Uh, so when we were in college, and then all of a sudden, like, we uh, had all these laser tag sets, and we we're like playing in construction sites around campus. Uh, that's when the Nerf Maverick dropped, and it was like, oh my god, this is a game changer because now we're actually reloading and going through the motions of combat you know actions and it was just you know mind-blowing at the time and so that's why we just were like okay let's let's play all of the first person shooter multiplayer game types you know let's play halo Mm -hmm. live action and that's what it was it was always about the interaction and always about the combat and it was always about having fun through physicality so that's what hvz was for us was cool now we're doing it with horde mechanics and where we're doing it with uh uh you know thinning up groups and then it was like okay well we want more groups to happen so we, we need them to respawn faster and you know it was, it was about the time i had been playing hvc for probably four years or so where it's just like okay what can we do to make the game interesting how can we get it to like really focus on things where like players always have hangups and mm-hmm. that's where the, the the hardcore rule set started coming from was uh we started looking at okay there's always issues with like ties so what happens if all things happen well if a human turns into a zombie and a zombie goes and respawns that's an inequality because ties all the time would always favor the zombie mm. But most games always, you know, ties favor the human and the zombie is always left with nothing. So I was like, well, let's create a middle mechanic and kind of bring in this freeze tag idea where uh, humans now have a wound. 
So they get tagged, they drop to a knee, and they're immobile. They can't defend themselves. And teammates have to come bring them back up into action. And so it's like, okay, well, if the zombies also has to go respawn, he probably won't make make it back fast enough. And that's where I'm like, well, if a second zombie comes up and tags them while they're down and wounded, it's like, that's that's it right there. Because now it's promoting team play, both on the human's part, to like actually cover each other's fields of fire and watch each other's sixes. And it's creating more of a team mechanic cooperative style for like the zombies as well, where now it takes two zombies to tag a human. And so it's a little bit more forgiving and also a little bit more complicated. And that like, so that was like one of the, the Genesis moments of hardcore. It's like, I love this. I love this because it forces people to be more engaged. That's one of the things that I, I enjoy about the kill confirm mechanic um, that, that like that is that, you know, um, it, I never really, it never really occurred to me that that solves the problem of how do you handle a tie. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's, yeah. that's really cool. I just, I've just always loved that mechanic. Um, and that's, that's why we, we play a bunch of um, kill confirm games and stuff like in our clubs and. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. Even, yeah. Even in our open play games, so like we oftentimes use it because uh, it's a great way to control the flow of a game where people who overextend, if they just go respawn, then they can overextend indefinitely, yeah. you know, just as long as they can keep respawning. But they overextend, and then they're either penalized by being removed from the field by a confirm, you know, from the opposite team, or they can't come back into play until they're, you know, confirmed by their team to come back and respawn. Like, you're essentially removing players from your team if you're playing too recklessly. So... It, it creates a good handicap again to like actually promote team play and squad mechanics. So, yeah, it's it's definitely really cool. You had said something um a little bit earlier, which is when you first started with HVZ that uh, you didn't need the best blaster, and that just reminded me when I went to my uh, my first NVZ, which was in 2016. Um, I just ran a stock demolisher because it fired those those rockets at the time and those would take down the tanks for you. Yeah. And that's all that's I needed. Right. That's all I needed. Like, I mean, yes, I needed extra ammo, but that's all I needed. And I I think I survived until the last day, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, no, the the demolisher was, was a hot item. Yeah. At that time. And and, and that that that's also I misspoke. I said N V Z. I, I lumped Oh, okay. The N War stuff into the NVZ stuff because of it's an easy mistake to make. There was a transitionary period. Yeah, but 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 I I was at NVZ yeah yeah 2016 as well and uh, nice yeah. Obviously that was way before I had any sort of like YouTube channel or Twitch channel or anything. I was just regular player, so it's possible we could have met and didn't even like register. <laughs> yeah, and and. Man, and, and Oh, go ahead, Lance. I was just going to say, I've always wanted to run a demolisher with just like a vest full of like spare missiles. I would love know. that. <laughs> yeah. But I never, I, I never, uh, at the time that I wanted to do that, I couldn't afford all the uh, mm-hmm. extra ammo packs. <laughs> but well, that, so, that so, would be so, awesome. Mm-hmm. But my only disappointment in doing that, because I actually created a rig where I've got like, eight demolisher rockets and stuff and my only disappointment in that is that you can't hit anything with them oh yeah, yeah. It, it, it's like i the the, the titan missile launchers are, yeah are, are <laughs> fun because you can like kind of make them a little bit more accurate with the bigger missiles and the fins and mm-hmm. the designs but but just the accessibility of the missile launchers 
in are general. Awesome. Yeah. If, if, yeah, if if the missiles actually hit anything. <laughs> so we we, we we actually play a mode uh at the Frag Society on our, our monthly open play stuff. We haven't played it for a few months, but uh uh it, it's essentially kill confirmed but it's missile confirmed missiles uh will will effectively kill players at range so you stick a bunch of missile launchers on the field and everybody's firing missiles at each other and nothing's hitting and everybody's getting super frustrated so you have everybody trying to drop each other just so they can run up and point blank missiles and nothing is more entertaining than watching someone at point blank three feet away just pop a missile and this thing still goes wide yeah <laughs> everybody grows <laughs> uh then um you might uh, go like i've gotten a bunch of these missiles from bnr mods mm -hmm, on etsy yeah. and they are they actually are accurate they track true i got some of his maximizer missiles and some of his titan uh he calls them rpg style so they oh. got like the big howler football on the pool noodle thing oh, and uh okay. give them give them a look and uh that might that might change some of your games okay i i i think i saw someone post a video of that on uh maybe it was our discord channel i don't know but it was and it was me i only saw the titan missile in the video but if he's got like actual missile launcher yeah i didn't have the maximizer missiles at that point in time but i've gotten them now and uh he made a little maximizer adapter for the titans so okay. that's cool um yeah, cool that's not that's not mall mutation madness hardcore yeah that's just yeah, I'm, I'm, that's I'm not, sorry yeah. no you're it's totally <laughs> fine if anything you're, yeah. you're a guest on our show so we should be hanging out anyways uh but uh, what one thing i do want to ask is just given how the hobby has evolved, um, I actually, at least from my perspective, I, I see the transition and paradigm shift from when the Nexus Pro kind of like became more available. And now all of a sudden we got a bunch of like pro-ish level blasters that started becoming more available. Like, did that change things for you guys? Um, yes and no. There, there, there are some things that obviously are not going to change the game too much because since we're playing indoors mm -hmm. and uh, even when we play our open play stuff monthly um we we can't allow that kind of fps at those close ranges and obviously with breakables and glass around and stuff like that so mm -hmm. i mean mall mutation madness last year had 130 fps cap and it will have the same cap again this year. It's just the liability and safety aspects of it. Like that, that was actually going to be one of my questions, if there was an FPS limit, which I assume there was, but yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, but uh, in, in addition to that, it's just, it's just I've had so many players mm -hmm. come up to me, either in DMs or privately, and uh, especially because, like, our open play stuff, we're, we're starting to push the envelope a little bit, and, like, we... we allowed a half dart uh fps creep up to 150 just to allow for like the nexus pro mm -hmm. and uh some of other the other off-the-shelf blasters that are hitting hotter than 130. um but they're still coming up and telling me they're like you know these are great for blaster battles but hvz still sucks getting hit you know peppered at 150 even with short darts yeah so, 
and I just have to listen to the players because like they're the ones who are running up repeatedly and I mean if people are going to get frustrated getting shot in a game where we're shooting each other with foam darts then it's it's too hot unfortunately so yeah, yeah that's especially actually, close I think the issue is exactly like what you're saying like when you're talking when you're looking at like mall mutation madness right and you're literally shooting people from two three four feet away at 150 fps like it's got some pressure to it and it, it, one of the things that I would recommend to people is, I mean, you can always tell them, like the people that want to run like their Nexus or whatever, is drop a scar barrel on it, like a printed scar barrel or something like that, and trade out that FPS for some accuracy. And you'll get down to 130 and not be hurting people, and you'll actually gain some accuracy out of it. Yeah, that's a good idea, yeah. Uh, and it, it, it's, it's not just the... Uh, uh, the 150, you know, like you get shot once or twice as you're approaching, but I mean, there, yeah. there's a lot of flywheel blasters that are dumping yeah. five, ten rounds per volley. So it's not just getting shot once. You're getting shot by multiple people, different mm -hmm. flywheelers, especially late game, uh, sometimes proton packs, and just you're, you're, you're walking away feeling like you just got punched, you know, in a... Uh, uh, some some kind of martial arts movie, you know, like some <laughs> yeah. max combo on you. So yeah. that was actually one thing I was going to uh, going to, going to bring up, which is the fact that a lot of people don't realize and appreciate the fact that ninety percent of the time, at least early game, the people that are your 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 targets, your zombies, or you know wh whatever it is you're throwing out there, they're volunteers. They're there to have a good time too. Yeah, and yeah. it definitely becomes unfun when you're getting lit up, just like you were saying. Somebody like mag dumps on you with a nightingale or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so that kind of brings us to like that the next idea of mall mm -hmm. mutation madness that's really different from regular HBZ. Is in most standard HBZ games, everybody jumps onto the field with whatever loadout mm -hmm. they want, and they're walking around like that all day. And some people might do like an early game stuff to kind of keep things interesting and then like later game stuff that's more high volume, high capacity, higher rate of fire stuff. But uh, like Mall Mutation Madness, like players have to complete objectives and level up their player level to essentially have the inventory space to bring these higher, bla bla higher play blasters onto the field. So... There is an element of upgrading and earning experience, and uh, like you, no, no, nobody is just gifted superiority of arms. Yeah, you have to earn it through action, and that's one of those things that like you don't see in a lot of games. Like everybody, it's, it, I don't want to say it's pay to win, but people who mm -hmm. have bigger and beefier pet projects are they're going to hold out. I mean, the, the guy with the proton pack might not really be that good of a player. But if he's dumping, you know, a thousand rounds, and yeah, he can go ahead and last stand against most everybody. But uh, you know, if if he doesn't play well enough to earn that, then he might not do that, you know. And yeah, that's not singling any specific person out with a proton pack. That's just saying like proton packs, they're 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 hoses. You know, yeah. you don't have to be accurate. You don't have to be athletic. You don't have to move. You just kind of circle and spray. 
yeah, it's a little true. bit of positioning, they're good. Yeah, it, it could be Proton Pack, it could be Nemesis, Perseus, any of the really rapid fire rival. They're, they're basically yeah. like foam hoses. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Turns out machine guns are really horrible. <laughs> yeah. Right? They're really effective on the battlefield? I can't yeah. imagine that. Yeah. Uh, what did you come up with that uh, out of curiosity, Kyle? Like, how did you come up with the stage thing? I love it. Like, when I read your rules, I was just blown away. Um, like I told you before, I wish I had read your rule. Like I wish I'd come across your rules like about three years earlier when I ran when I read them, um, would have saved me a whole bunch of headache, and I could have just ripped yours off <laughs> instead of coming up with my own. Um, but wh where'd that where'd that idea kind of come from to create that progression to where it's? I like it because it's kind of like playing a video game. But where what was your impetus for that? Well, uh, it it actually kind of had a, a a dual stage development. Um, in the very first hardcore, um, there was a zombie mutation element to it where like the, the, the zombie uh, upgrades were progressive based on tags. So like that's always been there since the very beginning. Oh, cool, uh, hence cool. the name mutation. What was that? No, I, I, I said that's cool. I, I figured that's what it was, but um, I was yeah, going to yeah, ask yeah, that yeah. later on down the line. But anyways, keep going. But uh, but the, the 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 gear upgrade in the very first game for the humans was based on completion of missions because it was actually like a very regimented four mission game the first one, um, and about the same time I was looking at designing a uh, essentially I don't want to say a nerf ball game but a sports ball game <laughs> themed around like nerf combat and mm -hmm. uh that's when frag ball was born um and for me i was looking really heavily on balancing gear on the field you know how long can a sword be how long or how much area of coverage could a shield be like how how does this increase or decrease effectiveness mm -hmm. um why are certain mechanics like uh tank armors like kind of broken or silly why does ammo differentiation suck you know stuff like this and uh i mean a, a lot of that all kind of came down to is like you know the number of rounds that you're able to fire has significance the rate of fire that you're able to fire them has significance the ability to reload that they all have significance and I started trying to f fix kind of like, like this rating system to things like where every six inches on a sword, you know, makes it more effective or every extra 25 rounds in a blaster or something like that. Uh, whether something's uh, pump action, you know, semi-auto or full auto. Uh, and e e even then, like they're, they're, they're still, undergoing changes in development so like there's actually going to be a shift from how gear is weighted from last year to this year and that's going to be one of the focal points in one of our updates coming up soon so we always try and you know perfect it you know yeah um Work yeah you care to elaborate on like what the what about that like what the problem was and what you're looking to fix I mean, well, if you uh, want to, if you want to go with her. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, yeah. there's, there's, there's no reason not to, to say it here before it's written in an update. Mm -hmm. But uh, um, 
again, just feedback and analysis is a really big part of balancing. And um, when it comes time to see what went right and what went wrong, uh, I'm very, very critical of things. And Matt and Lance, and uh, we've had some other uh, people help us out too, uh, have told me before, like, wow, for the last few games, we've thought that the games are going terribly because the only thing you talk about are the things that went wrong. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm always kind of like, no, no, the games are going great. We're getting more people each time. <laughs> and finally, Matt was like, well, then tell us things are going good, too, because we're just thinking <laughs> things suck all the time. Yeah, but you know what? Uh, as, as a creator, you're always your own worst critic. I mean, that's just how yeah. it is. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, um, one of the big issues that we had last time was a balancing of the blasters. Uh, not necessarily because of the blasters themselves, but more because of the magazines. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the the last game that we had, Mall Mutation Madness Two, uh, was pre-COVID, and mm -hmm. if you go back to you know the long long ago. Uh, half darts were emerging as a new meta, but mm -hmm. they were not widespread and mainstream enough that they were like freely it. available. Yeah. And yeah. so like when we, we were looking at like magazine storage and number of magazines that people can carry or carrying devices, like we weren't really carrying or thinking that like people would just stuff pockets full of magazines. Mm -hmm. you know with short dart magazines which is now the new standard so yeah like uh, you said there's been a paradigm change mm -hmm. yeah and because of that now uh this year's focus on blaster rating is not going to be so much based on how many darts the blaster can hold but it's going to be on how many ready to fire rounds you carry period so I get to give you an example, like uh, if you want to take a nightingale onto the field, mm -hmm. it's the nightingale itself is zero cost, but you're not going to be able to put rounds through it. Each magazine that you want to bring onto the field is going to cost that rating point. You know, so you want to put a magazine. Well, that's, you know, Anything that's up to 25 rounds is a magazine, but each magazine costs one rating point. So at level level one, you're only going to be able to take one magazine for that Nightingale, which means there is going to be field reloading. That, that was another question and, I was going to ask. Was scavenging of ammo allowed or not? I've been to certain... Scavenging... Mm -hmm. uh, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, scavenging is allowed, but mm -hmm. each time a zombie is stunned... Mm -hmm. They remove one round from the field. So you can scavenge your ammo, mm -hmm. but at least one round is going to be removed each time you remove a zombie from play. So No, it's fine. It's just I, I've uh, been to several HPZs, at least locally, where they're like, once it's fired, it's not like you, you can't scavenge it. You can't retrieve it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We have and, some and... game modes like that okay. in our monthly plays, our monthly uh, smaller like field game days. Mm -hmm. But yeah. We we have a real modifier that we call dead ammo, which is if it's fired, it's you know you can't pick it up. Oh, okay. So. But uh, that's usually the last mode of the of the day, you know, kind of. Yeah. You know, last last hurrah, shoot everything you got. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, shoot them if but, you got but, them. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, but but uh, like for 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 hardcore especially, um, really care so much if players stuff their pockets full of rounds, mm-hmm. but it, it takes time to load rounds into a magazine. Yeah, and you're going to have to cycle out. Uh, the problem is like with 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 gameplay. Like if you have a bunch of magazines in your pockets. Uh, a tactical reload from empty mag to fresh mag is seconds. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's maybe maybe but, two or three seconds, maybe. Yeah, but to load a magazine under fire like that, you know, mm-hmm. now we're looking at thirty seconds, maybe a minute, depending on how fumble figures you are, or you know who's watching your six, or how uh, much of a panic attack you're having. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and, and that, that's 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 why the focus of ready to fire rounds is far more significant than say how you know how if, if, if it's semi-auto or if it's full auto and that's just it it might dissuade some players from ever taking full auto onto the field because they don't want to go through rounds that quickly knowing that they have to reload or they only have three magazines you know because they don't have trigger discipline yeah exactly so i mean obviously like hopper based blasters uh will be rated you know ready to fire rounds based on the hopper so cer- certain high capacity blasters like the Percy's wouldn't be available until uh, rating two, and I, I still don't know if I want to add a plus one rating point for uh, uh, full auto or not. But you know, the, the the general idea is the bigger the hopper, or the more rounds that are able to fire without uh, you know going through the motions of loading magazines, uh, the. the more the more rating is going to occupy so cool one can you you say that again i was trying to i was trying to follow i didn't quite follow your points there's a plus i I, I, I think i might have mixed up what i was trying to say there but like 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 uh higher capacity like uh hopper blasters like say the prometheus you know Uh uh-huh you're 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 going to be paying for all of those rounds because they're ready to fire as soon as they're in the hopper right uh, well I, I i guess what what blaster's asking is um there is like like a loadout cost that you would have to use for the rounds that are ready to go so for example if i was new player that showed up i was allowed uh let's say three loadout points and mm-hmm. for every uh mag i brought with me that was preloaded that would be one loadout point equivalent if I'm understanding correctly. Correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so like, whether you want to run a, a Nightingale or a Nexus Pro, like, the blaster itself doesn't occupy any rating point anymore. It, like okay. I said, except for may, maybe unless it's a full auto blaster. I don't know if that's going to cost one point or not. But, like, the number of magazines, then, that you're going to carry, that's essentially what's going to eat up your your load capacity your inventory spots so and how's that how's that work with uh with the hoppers then since like is it what's the ammo count in a hopper versus one magazine well and then that's where i'm going back to like yeah <laughs> magazines will count as one rating point up to 25 rounds because i know there's a couple of magazines that like do 22 ish and okay. i know there's a couple drum magazines that are now on the market that will do like close to 50 right Mm-hmm. So and, and anything 25 rounds over is going to start costing two rating points up to 50. And then so like uh, anything up to like 75 rounds is going to be three rating points. Anything up to 100 rounds, four rating points. 
So that's when we get to the idea of hoppers are just going to be like that blaster is going to have to occupy, like say in the event of a Percy's, two rating points at least for the capacity and possibly a third rating point for full auto. I got you. So if somebody had like two, so since it's 25 points, right, they could run two 12 round mags? Yes. Oh, okay. oh wait, 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 you're saying, you're saying. Or is it just the one single mag? It's the one single mag. And that's the thing. Like, it, it's just. Okay. Whatever, whatever size a magazine is, one magazine is one point. So you're going to okay. want to try to run bigger mags. Yeah. You get the most that. use out of that capacity. Okay. It's all in beta still, so. Yeah. Don't don't get mad if uh, if uh, it's if it changes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it changes, no, it's, you it's, I'm just trying to get my head around it. That's yeah, all. yeah. Uh, well, and I think that's another goal is that it, you know the rule set, it it is a bit dense, so we're trying to get it to where it's uh, a bit more intuitive, especially the loadout, because um, it has been a struggle for uh, uh, for some players, you know, communicating that mm -hmm. the the way this works, so they can just get out and play and understand and not have to. You know, wonder like, can I even take this onto the field? That kind of thing. Yeah, but basically, right. players just want to know, you know, where's the target and do I pew pew yeah. them? <laughs> yep, yep, exactly. <laughs> the uh, the, what, what one big change this year that we're doing as far as like inventory is concerned is uh, I I am gifting everybody one sidearm Ooh. for free. So a zero level sidearm would be anything that is slide or hammer prime and uh, is less than 10 rounds. And it has to be integral magazine or cylinder. So no magazines, or I should say no, no removable detachable magazines. Uh, so it pretty much like you can take a Kronos or like a hammer shot or like the new outlaw mm -hmm. if you got it toned down, you know, less than 130. Well, that, um, the original MK2 falls in that category then, because it's internal magazine. Yes, yeah, yeah, the, the, the original Mark II, not the 2.1, yeah. but the original two, yeah. Right. Uh, but yeah, and, and the, the reason why is because, like, that was, again, one of those big complaints I was getting. It was, uh, I want to play Medic, but the fact that I have to throw socks because I have Medic <laughs> eating up my, my class capacity, you know, or my, my inventory sucks, or the fact that uh, you know, again, I'm I'm engineer and I'm left without a, a sidearm, even a sidearm. It's like I, I get it. We want to play with our blasters at this event, and I'm going to work with you guys for that. Sidearms will be free for everybody, which means that if somebody wants to like go full gunner class, like then they can have their blaster and that secondary. And that secondary is not going to cost mm -hmm. them extra, you know, inventory or anything. So, you get you. Nice, cool. Yeah. All right, um, a couple more questions here. Okay, so first things first, I just got a comment that I'm very impressed with. You You were able to do something that I first thought of after I saw, I think, the original Dawn of the Dead, which is essentially a zombie outbreak, so to speak, in a mall. And mm -hmm. <laughs> there, there, there's several yeah. malls in my area that are pretty much closed down, etc. And I would always think, hey, that'd be cool to do like an HVZ thing there. But somehow you crazy mad lads were able to uh be able to use the interior of the mall and how how did you even go about like concocting that approaching that um <laughs> i mean uh, if it's it, if it's a touchy subject it's it's um you know, oh no I, I it. okay. no no it's okay. not touchy at all uh 
it, yeah, no, it, 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 it went through multiple stages. Um, mm -hmm. See, see, my primary source of income, my my work, my real real job is I'm a courier for a, a delivery company, and uh, about the time I started, uh, there's a really big mall nearby. Mm -hmm. uh, not here in St. Peter's where I live and where Mid Rivers is at, but uh, in Chesterfield, you know, like a neighboring metro suburb suburb. And uh, this mall was huge and they were going to give or like I was doing deliveries there and I was kind of walking in and out of all the different hallways and stuff. And I was like, wow, like it would be really cool to, you know, play some Nerf games here, especially because it looks like this mall is dying and surprise Chesterfield Mall is dead. You know, like there's nothing there. They're trying to run people out. Most leases are going to be up within the next year. And they're going to do large section teardowns and rebuild it as mixed use for mm. uh, the, the community. But uh, at the time when I was like recognizing like the playability aspects of this, I was like, we've been doing hardcore events now. I think we had done six of them. Yeah, uh, that's right. And we were using uh, gym courts. And uh, we, we were using uh, Lindawood University's uh, indoor gym courts, which three basketball courts side by side. Uh, and we were just running out of space. And uh, if, you, if you take a look like the, the, the Frag Society uh, banner ad from the past on uh, Facebook, you can see like some top down views of uh, the courts. And like I had tons and tons of those uh, uh, recliner boxes and like made essentially cardboard cities and uh designed the games to be fit on there but i was like man i'm running out of space and we're getting too many people i think uh, our sixth game we eventually had like close to 75 or 95 people wow i was like we're we're, 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 we're not going to be able to fit this inside in this court anymore so I, I started looking for new venues and that's when like again i started the job uh, as a delivery driver and chesterfield mall just kind of lit up i was like this would be awesome i'm gonna go ask them if they would let me uh you know, host a game here and uh they they were all for it it was, it was awesome. amazing it was like I, I i i i didn't i didn't have to pitch the idea like hardly at all i was like hey i just want to give you money to play a game here <laughs> and they're like cool <laughs> you know two thousand dollars and you can have it overnight or whatever you know for the weekend and, and i was like awesome that's that's great and so at that time, I was like, I need to get $2,000 <laughs> to do this because, you know, that's that's a lot of liquid income very quickly. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, I kind of hesitated for like a month or so. Like we, we everything was approved. Like they loved it. They like I said, they they were like, awesome. Just give us the money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And where so, do I sell so, a kidney? I, I, I finally get the money squared away after like a month. I go there to sign the papers and talk about like the finality of like, like we, we even had a date set and everything. Oh, nice. And, uh, I, I, uh, what, what was so upsetting about it was like, uh, the year that I did it, the first mall madness was, uh, coinciding with the, 40th anniversary of Dawn of the Dead. Mm -hmm. 
And yeah, like the I think the six uh, the fiftieth anniversary of uh, Night of Living Dead. And uh, so like 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 that that was one of my big selling points. So like I, I had the banner ad set up using some of the uh, uh, the poster movie movie image and. Yeah, yeah. Matt, 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 Matt's reminding me here that uh, uh, we had been theming off of like franchises and whatnot. Like, we had a hardcore event that was Alien vs. Predator. We had one that was nice. Star Wars. We had one that was Warhammer 40k. Like, but I was like, okay, we're just doing a Dawn of the Dead one. And it's going to be in the mall. It's going to be awesome. And so I, I go in to like more or less sign the paperwork and get things in, you know, writing. And I'm literally arriving to their office and they're packing up everything and leaving. Really? And I'm like, what's going on and they're like well we've been sold to a new owner Oof. and i was like what and like literally it's like watching a, a glass castle just shatter and i was like well you have the contact information like i'm, I'm sorry to hear that but like i still want to talk to them yeah see if they're going to honor our agreement and everything and they're like well here's the information but this this new owner uh Apparently, like they they were such sticklers at uh, um, cutting corners that like they 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 got rid of the entire management staff except for one body, um, and like just security personnel, <laughs> and so uh, I get I I finally get in contact with someone, and his answer very quickly is just, uh, we don't do overnight events. Sorry. Wow. And so I was like, crap. Yeah. Well, I've been hyping this up for the last month or so to like all of these players. And like, you know, uh, I think 2018, I did make it to an end war or something. Uh, and was talking about it with players there. And I was like, there's a lot of people expecting this to happen. Mm -hmm. It's like, what do I do? And so I was like, I got to find another mall. Like, I, I, I got to figure out what I can do about costs. And I got to find another mall. And so, like, I, I went to a bunch of malls that were really hurting here in the St. Louis area, and mm -hmm. uh, they they just kept turning me away. And it's like, why would you ever turn that away? And some of it was very obvious because they're like, we don't have the staff. It's the liability aspect. Yeah. Uh, some some of it was, you know, our our corporate masters just won't allow this kind of stuff. We've been asked this before. And then so like, Mid Rivers Mall is. Like my childhood mall, it's the one in my community that I've grown up with. It's close to home. Mm -hmm. I was just like, wouldn't it be cool if they said yes? So I, I was like, I don't think they will because it, it's got the highest concentration of stores that still exist. It's it's actually still a functional mall. I think when we hosted uh, the second Mall Madness, they were like up and over 85% occupancy at the oh, time. Wow. So like... Yeah, there's there, there's not a whole lot of vacancy, uh, and we I go in and I pitch the idea, expecting it to fail. They're like, okay, yeah, sure. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, but obviously, being that it is an active mall, and that their management company is uh, got a hierarchy of rent pricing, and they told me the original five thousand dollars for the overnight event. I was like, oh my god, that's you know more than double what i was told at chesterfield mall yeah and uh luckily i had a, had a partner who essentially matched what i put in and uh at first event though we we, we didn't know how many people were going to be there we didn't know uh how to run the venue as far as like how to set it up mm -hmm. and make the game happen 
and uh, we we priced the tickets too low. Like we ended up losing about thirty five hundred dollars on on that event, just just like hosting it and not making anything back. Oh, and uh, yeah, we used the U haul for that one. Yeah, like like all, between all the expenses and everything, it was uh, like just a complete and total loss. And like I was like, wow, that sucks. Guess we're going to have to increase the price for the next one, and then. We, we did the next one in 2019 and we got a little closer to getting our money back, but we still lost on that. And, uh, that's why the tickets are kind of where they're at expensive. Like is because it, it takes that kind of money to break even. Actually, yeah. Yeah. Break yeah. even, you know, at $5,000 per, you know, the night. And that's just for the mall cost. That's not including the insurance and the, 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 the U-Haul and, mm-hmm. Uh, the different components, like the the lanyards and all the different uh, materials needed to run the event. Yeah, you know that that's always been an issue that I personally had with HVZ, and that's because I I love HVZ, but there's always mm-hmm. been this type of mentality, which is HVZ should be free to play, and it's like I agree with you, but venues cost money. <laughs> it, exactly, and that, that that was one of those things that I think uh, after we had run hardcore in the gyms you know for six events and we we'd use like the school gym because it was free and they had school insurance via the club sponsorship and everything it was like if we're going to go bigger it is going to have to cost money and that's gonna have to be one of those things that we all as adults agree this makes sense and that's why again i've always adopted the the 100 transparency because yeah, Matt, 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 Matt's saying to me, uh, it, it shouldn't be free, but it should also be non-profit, you know. Oh, no, yeah. Right. yeah. I totally think that um, you guys are individuals, that you're not looking to line your pockets with money from running Mall Mutation Madness, and I think that's the furthest thing from your minds. I think what you guys want to do is run a great game, have a bunch of fun doing it, and get people excited for the next one. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And and that that, that 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 again goes back to like when when the game is over and I'm immediately reflecting on everything that went wrong. It's like I got to fix what's wrong for the next one so people enjoy this one even more, you know. Well, yeah. I kind of look at things as like uh my my standard of what what entertainment value is is what's the cost of going to the movie theater right and so if you take whatever the cost of going to the movie theater is two hours right of entertainment is whatever you're spending your money on going to be the cost per hour equivalent Mm -hmm. um so if you're willing to spend you know 15 dollars or whatever uh for a movie ticket you know, to go see a movie with your family, which actually like for me, it winds up being like 50 to 75 bucks. Right. Um, and then when you took turn around and say, okay, well, what other kind of fun can you have, you know, with people that you care about for that 50 to $75. And when I look at things like this, it's like, well, yeah, like these are memories that like you're building memories and and things with friends that that are far more valuable than um what you got out of watching a movie yeah so, yeah. exactly yeah 
what, what what was it? There was Community. a South Park episode a long time ago where it's like anything worth doing costs eight dollars. Eight dollars an hour, you know. For, for and, and maybe that maybe that's where I got the concept from. I I don't remember that episode. I didn't watch a lot of South Park, but I mean, it very well could have been because I've had that concept for a long, long time. Yeah. Of like, well, what's the equivalent value, right? What's because cost of movie tickets are always going up. So how do you create, you know, a relative value? And so to yeah. me, like it's inflation is matched with the value with the value of a movie ticket. So. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just gonna say, yeah, going back to what I, um, what I was saying earlier with the, um, with the fees for HVZ, I know that's always been a hot ticket issue. And I argued back against people. I'm like, I don't know who the original creator of HVZ was, and I know it was covered during Creative Commons, but I can guarantee you when they initially thought of whatever their first draft of the rules was, they never envisioned it to go off campus. It was just entirely meant to be self-contained at that one little university. Yeah. And, well, and, and, and mm-hmm. even not just the, the, the one university, but like even just university yeah. in general. When you, when you think about it, like college kids are usually broke. Yeah, exactly. They, yeah. They're, 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 they're either focused entirely on their studies or they're using a part-time job to pay their way mm-hmm. and they don't have money to be spending on these hobbies and that was one of those big fundamental things is like to be as accessible to everyone as possible there had to be no cost and I was 100% on board with it you know all through college and every time and uh even like some of the the, the big uh, venue events like uh, NVZ or N Wars, like I, I still love the fact that those are big free games. And I mean, at Lindenwood, we even did uh, an invitational or two where it was like again free to play for everybody who wants to. But as soon as you have to pay for a venue, like those costs need to be addressed with the community. So yeah, and a counterpoint it is that like. Uh... I mean, you just told us that you, it cost you and your partner $3,500. So you personally were out $1,200 to play the game. So um, anybody that complains about uh, the $50 or whatever, I mean, you've always got that counterpoint. Well, I it cost me $1,300 to play the game one time. So, like, <laughs> uh, Well, well, and then that, 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 that wasn't also including the, uh, the $900 hole in the wall from that first game, too. Ooh! <laughs> Ow! Yeah, there, 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 there was there was a player that uh, he just ran up to a wall and uh, he was using the wall to stop his momentum and uh, he he stopped his momentum but the wall did not stop his hand. <laughs> so he he just palm right right through a pillar up to the wrist. Is he okay? Uh, oh, he, he he was fine. Okay. But the just, wall like, wasn't. Wall. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I get the drywall. Like nine hundred dollars sounds like a drywall repair, not a hospital visit. But I just wanted to make right. sure that he was yeah. okay as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. He he uh, was really weirded out by it because we all expected these pillars to like be big concrete pillars, and it was just a bunch of drywall fascia over <laughs> a uh, an I beam in the center, and we're like, well, shit. <laughs> okay, but uh. But yeah, so so he was like, "I'll help you pay it." And I was like, "Okay, okay, you know, let's let's figure out what the cost is." And uh, I mean, drywall repair is should not be nine hundred dollars, but I, I guess the the company that, nice. 
for the yeah. I was gonna say the the, the company <laughs> no. that was contracted to do it. You know, they got a paint match and they got a yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. So so when the tab finally came up and it, like I was like okay, here's what the total was. He he balked at it. It's like uh, uh, I was like it's okay. I got it. I got it. But you know just next time, and then. That's why we we made sure to include the rule, you know, controlled momentum, you no know, sliding mm -hmm. into things or running into things. So, yeah, I was actually... even then that does... mm -hmm. go ahead. I was say, e e even then that doesn't stop, you know, people from bumping into each other or things. And well, yeah, it's like a we've had... it's a full contact uh, sport. I'll, I'll say with air quotes, sport activity. Yeah. You know, yeah. things are gonna happen. <laughs> Physics yeah. is a cruel mistress. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You got to get that cardio in, right? Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. And I think, I mean, I, we were, well, at least I was, I was a little worried the mall was going to be kind of really PO'd at us and not let us back. Yeah. But they, they were like, oh, yeah, that happens like every week. You know, some hooligan does like way more damage to the mall. Yeah. So, yeah they, they didn't even <laughs> blink at it. They just, you well, know. Give us that number. It, it, not, not only that, but like, yeah, it was just la this last time. Like, I, I was walking around the Walt Mall with management, and like, yeah, never mind that big hole in the wall over there by uh, right across from where you guys are at. And I remember oh, some right. hair running up to me. They're like, Kyle, Kyle, there's a big hole in the wall. I was like, oh no, that was there. <laughs> that was there before. Yeah. <laughs> Pre existing conditions. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It was like that when I got here. <laughs> yeah, but, but but every 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 time a player ran up and told me about that hole in the wall, or like a hole in the wall, like my blood immediately runs cold, and I was like, "Where is it at?" <laughs> as soon as they described it, it's over by the escalator. It's like, "Oh no, no, that's fine." That one, that one. Oh my goodness, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, Matt, 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 Matt's bringing up that uh, we we've been very lucky with uh, our injuries and and damages because uh, we've had a few things happen where like somebody's got smacked in the face with a foam sword mm -hmm. and you know was probably a little concussed or bruised uh some illegal socks being whipped at players that uh caused some damage uh knocked a, a kiosk turnstile over causing some scattering of products but no nothing breaking yeah uh, no broken bones or anything Really. Yeah, no, no, no player yeah. breaks or anything. Uh, and, actually, and I think back. Mm -hmm. Any sprains or strains? I don't. Not that I can think. Uh, of. A, a, a couple sprains, a couple strains. Like there, there was. Uh, uh, there was there was one player who missed pretty much the entirety of the event after she uh, made her knee go the wrong way for. Mm. Oh, that's right. I remember that. Yeah, but but that, that that's the thing that her knee just did. Yeah, and that's like I, this event has exacerbated it. So. Yeah, no, yeah, it's just um, like like I was saying earlier, it's a um, it's a full contact activity. You know, it's the same as people mm -hmm. who go to the park and play tackle football or even touch football for that matter. I mean, yeah, shit yeah. happens. <laughs> yes, yep. it does. Yeah. Uh, well, that actually yeah. that actually leads me to my next question, which is, what safety concerns or issues did you have in place prior? versus what did you have to adapt for after uh running sub subsequent events um well this, this is where it always gets difficult for me as an event designer because that's why i'm asking that's why because i very much am like old school in the mentality like just let the players play yeah 
fan. There, there, there's always going to be a contingent of players who are like, well, they're playing too hard or too fast, or we need to look out for each other's safety. And then on the flip side, I'm standing at the other end. I was like, well, then why aren't you watching where you're going? Mm-hmm. Why, why, why are you backing up blindly? Why are you tripping over things mm-hmm. and not having situational awareness? And that's that, that that's difficult for me, uh, especially with like years of martial arts experience, because it's just like there, there there's a certain level of vigilance and like hypersensitivity that you have to have to your environment and what's going on around you when you're in these modes and these games and these activities mm-hmm. that frankly just like normal people don't often have yeah so i have to always temper my personal experiences and my philosophies with also what is safe and what needs to be incorporated for the safety of others honestly if anything the uh, moving into the uh, indoors has made it uh in some aspects easier um because that first game uh, we had some heat strokes Oh my goodness. Like, or at least he's like, yeah, he's Joshin. People were like going to their cars with the AC. It's like, yeah, it was brutal. (laughs) Like half an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. But uh, Matt Matt actually brings up the point that uh, uh, despite whatever we try to anticipate, uh, there's always going to be something that players end up doing that we never anticipated. So, like, there, there are rules that are just created specifically because players have done something. Because of one player. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, there, 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 there are new rules on how engineers interact with boxes this year because of how players interacted with boxes last year. Oh, I read about that and I saw the videos. That was. <laughs> yeah, like, 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 like there, 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 there were play, players who were just knocking towers over. And like, even after I told them to stop that, uh, then they would just leave them flat on the ground and then they became tripping hazards and slipping hazards. And then we had a player actually trip backwards over his heel caught a box while back backing up. And it was one of those things like, even if he had known the box was there, the act of trying to walk backwards up and over a flat box could have still caught his heel and, you know, yeah. it wasn't the smartest of ideas. Yeah, so so I mean like so that means this year, again, only one box at a time, you know, asterisks, absolutely no knocking things over. And then when done placing them, the boxes still have to remain vertical wherever you place them. You know, it's you can't you can't lay them flat. So So you can't deconstruct the box, you can only move it. Yeah. Yeah. You can choose its placement and where you stack it, but it must stay upright. So it's like that age old adage of, you know, what is it? Uh, no plan survives contact with the enemy or whatever. You yeah, know? no plan survives no matter how, contact. <laughs> yeah, no matter how airtight we make our rules, someone will always find a little little way around them. But, you know, that's good because it keeps us on our toes, you know, yeah. keeps yeah. the game and evolving. That's what, uh, what I was explaining to people all the time is that uh, um, <clears throat> every system that involves humans will be gamed <laughs> that's right yeah that's right we're really good at that we're, yeah yeah and and, and the, the, again goes back to like uh, where we have to redesign and reconfigure the rules and go back to the analysis it always comes back to how do we anticipate players to act and how they should interact with the rules you know as written and as expressed versus what they end up actually doing 
and that's mm -hmm. where it's like okay here's where things were either misinterpreted or you know again like going going back to the the idea of magazines and ready to fire ammo like everybody's like oh cool level one blaster can be a, a, a pump action and i can just bring 50 magazines onto the field and it's like well yeah but you're going to stuff your pockets full of magazines and you're going to be immobile and that's going to be terrible because for a game of tag but apparently it didn't matter because if you have <laughs> enough if you have enough players with 50 magazines in their pockets shuffling around they still become in like an immovable strong point you know yeah yeah uh suppressive fire still works um <laughs> if you want a good demo of it uh this last weekend there's a video clip of me getting suppressed while standing with a talon claw dude just unloaded half a mag on me like just it was unreal. yeah <laughs> it was great it was hilarious it hurt like that one hurt i'll, I'll admit but uh it was still funny matt 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 just brought up a point too mm -hmm. uh like we 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 had a, a a rule in one of uh our open play game types. We play a version of Imposter or Among Us, uh, <laughs> and we 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 have some variants add to it where to keep players in play instead of like after being eliminated, they leave the field and they're just gone. We have them like sometimes sit down and be obstacles where if they tag other players while they're sitting there, it drops other players as well, and then there will be like a movable pod person. Uh, variant where like then if they crawl like toe to knee toe to knee so that way they're still planting a knee uh in between each step you know we expect that kind of motion to make most people go slow uh but we had this one player through just like sheer force of will and tenacity end up like going toe to knee as fast as some people were running yeah it was, it was just like, yeah, it, it, like like watching him chase after players, following the rules to the letter. I hope like he had knee pads. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh my god! Was just, soft, just soft enough that he could like roll the step, you know, toe to knee, and like chase people down. Rip, but, that's oh, an like, insanely athletic ability. What the heck? Yeah, yeah no, he, he he is an athletic player, but still, yeah, it's one of those like. Good. We have to now re-examine the rules because he absolutely just proved that, given certain circumstances, players will still. They've find adapted. Ways <laughs> They've adapted. Yeah, he adapted. So. But Dan, if it wasn't awesome and just hilarious, when he yeah, did that, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. And well, how do you balance that? Because you know, sometimes like. Uh, um when i run games and i'll get feedback from players they're like hey you know this was a problem or whatever because it didn't work out right and i was like well that's actually not a problem because the reason why it didn't work out right was because of you know qualifying circumstance or something like that right and what it looks like to me is that like you've got a good rule and you just have this one dude that's like super athletic and so like rules don't apply to him in the situation um, so how do you how do you go about judging whether like it's just you have a dude that the rules don't apply to, so we need to adjust the rules or not, or well, whether he's I, just I, a I, wild card? <laughs> yeah. Well, that, 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 that's just it. Like by design, mm -hmm. if you're creating a system that is still exceptional to exceptional players, you you've not so much created a blanket rule that is universal as creating a hierarchy 
And I think that's where game design is important to take a look at what the actual result is. And I mean, we we altered the rule. We went from like going toe to knee with kind of a uh, step crawl in a kneeling position to requiring players to touch every knee and elbow to the ground. So now they're essentially like uh, millipede army crawling across <laughs> human <yeah>. centipede crawl. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and and even that, some some players who are absolutely tenacious can kind of be lying around the field like some of our teenagers just you know with no respect to their their joints just uh <laughs> they're young uh, enough they'll pay, for that, they'll pay for that in about eight years that's right <laughs> but they at least slow down enough that it's not forcing active players to respond quite like that other game and i think that's where it's like okay we need to actually be that draconian with the rules and the wording and I think, again, that's like where we come back to like the mall, mall, mall Madness thing, where it's like, okay, we were allowing players to put however many magazines into their pockets as they could. We were not expecting players to wear baggy cargo stuff and just waddle around and be <laughs> mobile fire points. But they did. So it's not necessarily the how you carry the magazines as is an issue. It's more... The number of magazines is the issue, period. So that's why the rules have to change. So I see. Yep. That's I don't know, crazy stories, man. <laughs> I I'm trying to picture it in my head just like you know, because you, you say the guy that was like essentially running on his knees and then you know the, the crazy crab walking that's just like going through my brain. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, and and that, that that's that's the thing. Like we we the park we play at is all very flat ground, and if mm, okay. it's uh, a, a a good day, um, the ground can be kind of soft. And uh, but like obviously some stuff like that is not going to exist at the mall because I'm not going to have people crawling around on their hands and knees on a tile floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that 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 would be murder. So, <laughs> but. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of some other big changes, like uh, for for all madness. Oh, like uh, another big thing that we had is we had we had a complete logistical breakdown in our uh, administrative pit this Ooh. last year because uh, we we were trying to process too much information from too many people with too few uh, stations or staff, and it wasn't necessarily that we couldn't handle it as we expected but we were not expecting the pace of the game to bring in the quantities quite like they were when they did and also the uh the breakdown between like just noise of number of people in Mm -hmm. was causing audio hearing and all kinds of other issues uh players were of course doing things that we weren't expecting them to do like write down their real name then share their squad name and then go by a handle so like there's three different names for individual players and by the time like we ask them a name and they give us the wrong name and we we have to look up a name that doesn't exist we're like okay what name did you tell us for this purpose you know as we <laughs> search through two or three different names and uh but like we we're just causing issues breaking down so like the the, the first thing that everybody immediately suggested was uh 
rely on technology, you know, like, uh, of course. a database, <laughs> do, 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 do an app, you know, be reliant on everybody having cell phones and logging things independently. And the problem with that is that by adding more moving pieces, it can break down faster. Yeah. Technology always fails. Like, uh, when you're relying on something, you know, in the moment like that, then it just creates, you know, if that link breaks, like the whole thing breaks down. So I understand your position of needing something a lot more, uh, iron core chain link to, to hold it together. Yeah. And and, then, and then that's just it. Like, uh, I think an app might be a good idea a couple of years down the road after we've kind of like fine tuned what we're recording and what we need to log when, but we completely redesigned the logistics of how players report what's going on for the next game, which will allow players to have, I don't want to say a little bit more of a burden of like logging pieces of paper, uh, detailing what happened on the field and that's what they turn in. But the fact that, We'll have the staff confirming that, like, they're either turning in the the objectives or the bits that they're doing, or confirming that this player was tagged by this one, you know, marking things off on an ID and then, like, sending them off to go, you know, switch sides or up their mutations or switch out their gear. Uh, And then having a member of our pit team and logging these timestamped pieces of paper into the database at his own pace behind the scenes away from the distractions and the noise uh we're we're essentially breaking up the time in the pit from like one single long line and a bottleneck to players getting in and out of the pit as quickly as they can log the stuff and essentially turn in their paper and get stamped so so the the pit is basically like your logistics station everyone reports there to get their gear checked, the login for experience or uh, credit for the event or what have you. Yeah, correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah. This this so, this entire game can be done without a computer. The computer is just helping us uh, keep track of all the logs and records that we're using for like all of the competitive breakdown and rankings that happen at the end of the game. So. Okay. So how many how many people did you have in 2019? Uh, how many players? Matt, Matt, Matt's telling me I think we had about 124, 25 ish in 2019. Uh, yeah, okay. and then we wow. had about 145 ish this last game. So, and you didn't run games in 2020 or 2021. Correct. We had a two year two year hiatus. Yeah. Okay, and then how how what was the number for 2022? Uh, about 145 players. I think uh, Matt says 150 tickets sold, but wow. only about okay. 145 checked in. So oh, that's cool. I mean, that's that's good numbers. So um, with yeah. that kind of people, with that kind of crowd, um, and you're talking about like how things were slower uh, with that creating a bottleneck. Have you accounted for in your story how that's going to push the story faster by eliminating that bottleneck this next time? Um, well, that's one of those things. Because now you're putting the players back out on the field even faster. Faster, yeah. So Um, I'm curious how you think that's going to affect your story and how you account for it. Well, 
when I take a look at the amount of game that I created for last game, and the amount actually completed by players, uh, there was only one team that actually completed the primary objective, and none of the secondaries were touched. Oh, wow. How many, uh, how long is the game again? Like, what time does it start and what time does it end? Our, our goal is to have players playing essentially from like 10.30 till 4 a.m. Wow. With, okay. you know, our, our, our briefing, trying to be short and get players on the field. Again, like, we've had breakdowns of late starts because of field setup and things like that. So again, that's something we're revamping with how we're trying to manage our volunteer base and how to modularize setup to get things set up quicker for the game that way we can get playing faster uh trying to like get more players engaged with uh faqs and asking their questions ahead of time so that way um there's less you know question and answer before the briefing um going to have the objectives on better display so that way players know exactly what they're trying to do on the field instead of looking and wandering around on the field to try to find them um I, I like one 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 of I think my failings last year designing the open world experience was I was expecting players to kind of like wander around, find objective points, scan it, read it, and then go try to find and do it. You know, but most players were so focused on leveling up before they attempted anything. Like there were only like maybe five teams that were really trying to complete the primary objective. Like I said, two of which even got close to the end, one of which had actually completed it. Um, yeah. And, and we had a shift, a slight shift from the way the game operated uh, last year from past years. So that was yeah. also a challenge. And with the, the growing player base, yeah, uh, challenges abound, but yeah, we're definitely looking forward to overcoming them yeah but 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 i i i think i think the game was designed to be completed within the four to six hours mark last year but there was so much of a player focus on not starting the missions and trying to complete them until they felt comfortable in their gear setups that there was a i want to say like a almost a two or three hour handicap at the beginning, where which nobody really did anything except try to farm XP from zombies. Yeah, that, that's what I was gonna say. It just sounded like they were grinding for an hour or two. Yeah, yeah. And, and 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 so again, we're taking that into consideration and we're designing the game differently. Where uh, now instead of just leveling up individual player levels to have inventory capacity increase, um, this year. Uh, for every objective a squad completes, the entire squad gets plus one level. So your oh, that's your awesome. total player capacity, or I'm sorry, your total inventory capacity as a player uh, is your individual player level and your squad level combined. So it is more economic for squads to go and actually try to play the game to level than it is to sit there and farm your XP from zombies. Nice. Which you'll still be able to farm XP from zombies as you, you know, are, are standing there defending your team as you're trying to complete things. But 
you know, again, taking a look at incentive and mm -hmm. uh, we have to literally make it more economical. We have to give them that reward to play the game. Otherwise, they're not going to play the game. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, po po posting all the objectives, <coughs> pardon, all, all <laughs> the uh, the win objectives, um, not necessarily where they're at on the field, but, you know, making sure everything is 100% clear and target identified uh so that way uh there 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 will be a like absolute human win condition but it's going to require several squads to complete not just a primary but a large assortment of the secondary objectives and unlock the final mission so um cool but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like I said, complete complete redesign of the administrative process, complete redesign of the objectives and interact with the game, you know, better understanding of the competitive ranking side based on, you know, what we saw actual player performance last year and how we were rating them against each other. So Yeah, yeah figure out how to in incentivize action um, can always be a bit of a chore. Um, I think you've done a really good job of, of making that work uh, from the stuff that I've seen that's happened in the past. I think it's really cool, yeah. the ad uh, the adaption. Yeah, absolutely. I will say... Yeah. Um, oh, sorry. Go, go ahead, Kyle. Oh, no, 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 no. Go, okay. go, go, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, um, I had always known about, like, Malmutation Madness, but it wasn't until I saw the uh, Vice video that... Uh, that Chalo uh, starred in, you know, when I was like, that's what it is. That's what everyone's been posting about and, like, showing me videos of and whatever. And uh, because of that, I was able to show that to my local clubs and whatever. Now they're hyped to try something like that. But very similar story to what you said. You know, we go to talk to them all and it's $4,000 and they're kind of like, I don't know if I want to dump that much money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and that, that, that that's the thing is, like... I know uh, some guys in Utah mm -hmm. uh, did a mall game, and I, I really wanted to go out and support them because I know they came and supported our game. <clears throat> but it was, it was a bad time of year for me to make a, a trip, especially being being a, a courier. Like I, I have to plan my vacations out a year ahead of time. So that makes uh, sense. Yeah, yeah, just just to make sure there's coverage and there's no vacant spots and all, all of our routes are covered. That's just Unfortunately, how how my job is, uh, and it's, it's not just me. Like I know, I know other companies also do similar things as well. But um, unfortunately, it creates a situation where like when events kind of pop up with a couple months' notice, it's like ah, I don't have the days available to do that, or I don't have the right weeks bid for that. And uh, so, but what they told me is that the, the game, despite having a really good turnout. Uh, I don't think was a financial loss because they they had the numbers right out of the bat. You know, they they had a pretty big community out west that all wanted to come in and play in the mall. Well, but you see, um, that's awesome because I feel like you guys have kind of laid the groundwork for that. Yeah, yeah, and and that's just it. Like they they asked me like, hey, can we use some of your rules for some of the zombie modes? I was like, absolutely. Like, yeah. I, I I'm not claiming ownership to the hardcore rule set or the mutation rule set just you know make sure you don't claim it as yours or don't you know. say that you're the one that wrote them <laughs> yeah 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 mm -hmm. um 
But uh, no, one of those things that's big and scary about hosting a big event like that that costs a lot of money is that uh, there has to be something that's really unique about it too. And I think that's where some people look at it and like, okay, what are we doing in the mall other than running around shooting each other with Nerf blasters? <laughs> Which for a lot of people is a draw and they're willing to pay money to do that. But like, I think that's where Mall Mutation Madness is really kind of exciting in of itself differently from any other event is that like we're, we're, we're using a rule set that is so unique to HVZ or the venue. Like there's a lot going on that makes this event kind of, kind of what I think is like the premier gameplay event. And uh, I've heard it compared to uh, some events out East that are, you know, kind of really uh role or uh gameplay oriented, mm. but uh haven't been to them so i can't like i said i can't compare it directly i've just heard what players have said about mine so well it's like getting to go to the local mall or a mall that's not too far away whatever Mm -hmm. getting to go to a mall and hang out with a bunch of people and you know spend 50 bucks or whatever it is and play a real life video game right like it's it's like playing a um computer rpg that uh You get to go on this little adventure and you get to go with your friends, you know, with your crew and go and wreck some zombies and have a good time doing it and build memories that are going to last your lifetime. I, Absolutely. I, 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 I just saw somebody on Facebook today because we just dropped our first uh, update of our weekly updates leading up to the game. Uh, meet some, some friends from uh, other schools in state. Uh, immediately, you know, asking their friends, like, hey, who wants to go play this? Is it just like a live action Call of Duty Zombies? So, well, I mean, it's like playing a video game. Yeah, and and I'll play devil's advocate um, to some people that might be younger that maybe don't know exactly what they're looking for. That might be appealing to them. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, flossing is allowed. We don't mind. Nice. I was gonna comment. I, I've uh, I have some of your you guys uh, photos from your most recent event playing while we've been uh, chit chatting, whatever. I've noticed that there are some younger uh, foam flingers there that are participating, and I think that's great. Um, yeah. That that not just is it you know the quote unquote big kids that want to get out there and run around, uh, but that all you're also welcoming to a younger crowd too. Um, yes, we love that. Yeah, we are like. I- yeah, we're so thankful to have those kids out there because, I mean, yeah, with without new players, then that's it. You know, yeah, it's yeah. the hobby's done. <laughs> yeah. So, it, it, yeah, exactly. Like, uh, I think it was just about twelve months ago now, where uh, I made a post to a lot of our nerf friends in our club, and uh, I said, "Look, I love you guys to death. You're you're good friends, and I don't want to replace you as friends or nerf, you know." players nerf, nerf but, buddies yeah <laughs> but but you you guys are starting your families you're you're homesteading and settling in and you're moving to different towns and the club is dwindling our games are getting smaller and i was mm-hmm. like i need to do some serious outreach and push to bring in new blood mm-hmm. and preferably the best would be like teenagers and high schoolers before they go away to college because like there, 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 there was a hot minute for a few years, even before COVID, where I was like, you know, I'm, I'm seeing Nerf just dying, 
Yeah, and I, I know exactly what you're talking in about. In the local area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it, it, it's, it's not that Nerf will die. I, I don't think Nerf sports will die, but like the HVZ craze like it was uh, in the, uh, the mid-teens, mm-hmm. like it just, I mean... It was starting to dwindle off, taper off. Yeah. Yep. Zombies are out of the zeitgeist and... Basically. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, and that's that, that's another reason why, like, I, I, I really like the, the the mutation rule set. Because bringing in all of the toys for the zombies to play with. I mean, there's no other game where you can upgrade through a tech tree as a zombie mm-hmm. and play with whatever kind of toy suits your fancy and play style. You know, we, we got the, uh, the defensive shields and, you know, like immobile bubble shields if you will like range extenders you know bursting exploding like uh uh, round casters and claws to go toe-to-toe in combat and we got uh it's actually it's actually funny as you're as you're listing these things off the uh pictures are actually showing up (laughs) right as you're saying right as you're saying the shields the claws it's like transitioning almost like word for word i'm like wow uh talking about creating the video basically yeah (laughs) but uh uh we 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 also have uh uh you know this this very big and very important idea that there are no moderator or admin specials on the field because I don't want players to interact with an object. Yeah. I want, I want players to play the game. And uh, I think that's what makes like our kind of like one of our crowning zombie contraptions so scary is the, uh, the flesh beast cart. Yes, I, I saw photos of that. That's That looked both hilarious and frightening at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, you know what? The, 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 when it comes to games like this, what makes it really odd is if you show just steel photos to somebody, they don't understand it. But as somebody who's played HPC, you're like, oh, I know exactly what they're going for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's just a rolling monstrosity. But like the, the way players interact with it and the, the, the kind of terror it has. Like I remember the first time it debuted at our, our second game. Like uh, just watching everybody balk and panic and watching entire firing lines just like shuffle step back it was just like (laughs) yeah it was like it it does exactly what i thought it would do mechanically which is it's a line breaker you know Mm -hmm. and it's just beautiful so now you know how all those dope boys felt in world war one the first time a tank rolled across the the no man's land but but what's so great about it is that it's like 100 player driven you know so it's just like Anybody who's on the zombie side who wants to sit in that can absolutely take a turn and do that. So they're like, I've been running around That's all awesome. night. It's my turn to sit down. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you you think that until you drag that thing around with your legs, sitting, you know, like kind of uh, butt scoot <laughs> style, and then like so many players that come up to me after they've taken their turn in the flesh beast are like, I didn't think that would be the most exhausting thing I did all night, but it was. <laughs> nice well it's it's already after 10 o'clock guys um yeah uh, we want to wrap this i have one one last question i would like to field though is that um 
with uh with the ink that you've gotten from from Chelo and uh the vice um uh, newsreel mm-hmm. right like that uh what what would you anticipate your numbers being this year and do you have a ticket cap um well the first part of that i have no idea what our player turnout is going to be um i just yeah, that's a good question i i i i i've have been kind of going off of this like plus 10 players every game for a while and i think that's a conservative number this time sir yeah Yeah. for for all all the games leading up to this like plus 10 to 20 each game was exactly where it was but that was before national news attention and even now like as we're approaching the 12 weeks before the game like we just have new players starting to flood our server uh all the time and i i can guarantee as these updates continue happening uh it's just going to continue getting more and more attention um we do have a player cap unfortunately and it's just there is not enough space in the mall nor are there enough of us to run the event to have more than a safe 200 players. I think, I think so that's it, a very fair it, number. It, it, it's a very fair cap. Yeah, it, it is a 200 player event. That's, that's um, a big number of people to manage, man. I commend you for taking on that many. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, it, it is tough. And we're, we we're, 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 we're looking at expanding our, not necessarily the, the admin team, but the volunteers and the number of uh, personnel we have helping us. In a more official capacity. Because, yeah, we always do get a lot of help from the community. Like, just just like, hey, can you just move this thing over there? Like, there's always someone willing to volunteer to do that, you know. Yeah. How many field mods do you you plan on running this year to account for that 200? Because you're probably going to max capacity this year. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I, I think aiming at like guesstimating the 200 is probably going to be the smartest bet. Um, last year we had only one ref on the field. It was me. Oof. <laughs> yeah. What? Uh, I, I, I will not be able to do that again. And I think last year I should have had a second body out there. Yeah. Ideally, I was, I was going to say, I saw photos of you in the ref outfit uh, there on the field. And I'm like, Oh, that's awesome. He's actually in there, you know, watching what's going on. But I had no idea you were the only one <laughs> there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, I, I just I just wasn't able to geographically be at every place I needed to be during the game. Of course not. Um, you're you're human. You're not uh, you're not super saiyan that can instant transmission yeah. <laughs> all over the place. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But but uh, ideally, I would love to have three refs on the field watching everything. Um, if we get two, we'll be happy. And I say if the the plan is to have Lance out on the field with me, but it depends on how many volunteers we can get in the pit because that is the true workhorse of the game. Being that all of the upgrades and mutations are coming in and out of the pit, all of the record keeping and leveling is going on at the pit, all of the XP turn on and or, or turn in and everything like that's all there. So, and and. You know, yeah, Matt, Matt's over here saying, like, not to mention fielding 
all of the questions and, you know, pointing people in the right direction. So this year is about trying to, like I said, completely revamp our logistics. That way players are more taken care of, uh, have better resources at their disposal. Uh, so that way we can keep our volunteer and personnel staff, like, focused on what they need to be doing to help the game go faster um, and hopefully get Lance out of the pit because Lance was <laughs> supposed to be out of the pit last year. It was just, we, we got so bottlenecked that we had, there was not a chance he, he ever left that. It sounds, it sounds to me like people expect the, uh, the zombies to be the monsters, but in actuality it's managing the pit. That's the monster. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, no, like, 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 like Lance and Matt and Devin, and then all of our volunteers who came in gave us their evening, uh, are the real heroes of the game. And like, I, I mean that wholeheartedly. I am designer and I am director, but game cannot happen without them. Mm -hmm. So, like, hands down, like, they shoulder the absolute brunt of everything because. Maybe it's because I am the one running the game. Maybe it's because I'm the one who's a ref out on the field. Like, there are a whole lot of players who don't really ask me much or interact with me. It's always to everybody in the pit. So, like, I deal with actual incidents or, you know, questions on the field. Like, just kind of like uh, mm -hmm. quick queries of, ins you know, of, uh, 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 queries of happenstance or, you know... Uh, convenience but mm -hmm. like it's it's not like people seek me out to ask specific things they are you know bothering lance and devin and matt in the pit taking them away from the tasks that they were trying to do to get everybody out of the pit and <laughs> and but, wa wa yeah. watching the frustration levels last year not because they didn't like what they were doing but just because the, yeah it's the, overwhelming the sheer amount of people body, yeah. yeah was overwhelming like I, I, I want to streamline things better so that way they are not in that position again. So. Well, if you have 150 players or so thereabouts, then that means you're answering the same question um, Maybe probably about 90 times. times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? And so you've well, got this list of 50 questions that you have answered 100 times each. So I understand yeah. like how that could be very... Dude, I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna murder the next person that comes up here oh, and yeah. asks me a question. Yeah. And and, and that, that's not even going back to once you've answered it, if the person's actually gonna follow through or understood what you said. Right. Because there 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 are a fair amount of players who just even after explaining things and demonstrating things, they still still did things wrong. Right. Yeah. I'll say I'll say for my part, you know, I used to be a camp counselor, so you won't make me mad. You can ask me the same question. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Yeah, my, my, my frustrations never come from being asked the question. It's from my attention being ripped from whatever was holding my focus at that time. Yeah. So it's just yeah, it's just part of the challenge. It's a challenge, you know, and it's yeah, it, and, yeah, and like we want hard. we want players to play and if they have to wait on me because I'm answering someone's question, then you know, they're not playing and no, it's not good. So, yeah, that's true. That's awesome. I think it's awesome that you guys are so focused on the players and the community. Mm -hmm. um, it's cool to see that. Uh, it's refreshing. That, that there's so many people. It's there's that there's a lot of clubs coming around that have people at their helm that are actually more focused on the people and the players 
uh, that they serve than um, than themselves and making themselves look good. It's it's really cool to see that, and it's really really awesome to get a chance to talk to you tonight, guys. I really thank you yeah, for coming. Yeah, we, we really on. appreciate your your time and taking the time to talk to us. Um, I think you guys have an event coming up in October. Do you guys want to plug that? <laughs> yeah, this 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 was all talking about Mall Mutation Madness, and that game will be going on October 14th in St. Peter's, Missouri, at Mid Rivers Mall. So, awesome. when do tickets uh, go on sale? When do tickets go on sale? Uh, tickets go on sale August 6th. You, you, everybody, you're gonna buy a ticket on August 6th <laughs> because if you don't by August 7th, this is gonna be more sold out. Then, uh, oh, what's that one girl's name? The big fancy singer. I can't remember her name now. Has all the ex-boyfriends. Anyways, one of her oh, concerts. Taylor, Taylor, Taylor yeah, Swift. that's the one. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, guys. A Taylor yeah. Swift concert. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be sold out faster than a Taylor Swift concert. Thank you guys for yeah. saving me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, all the... All uh, yeah, all, all the same, guys. We really appreciate you guys coming on. We wish you the best. Uh, we hope the next event is a success. And we definitely want to have you guys back on in the future. Just kind of do like a little recap or breakdown if you guys are up to it. Yeah, um, after the game. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Do you, yes, we love after-action reports. We, yeah. we need after-action reports. <laughs> well, that sounds like a blast. Like, absolutely. We yeah. will be back anytime. Thank you, you guys for having us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you guys have any uh, social medias or YouTubes or anything you guys want us to plug? If not, then I think that's a wrap. I, 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 I actually think that's one of the reasons why we focus on the players in the community is because uh, <laughs> we, 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 we don't keep YouTubes and there is no That's perfectly fine. That's perfectly uh, fine. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the only thing I can plug is uh, obviously our, our club is Frag Society. Society. Yeah. And you can find that on Facebook uh, as just Frag Society. And then there's a group page for it as well called Frag Society of St. Charles. Um but yeah, link, no, link to the Discord on there as well, right? Okay. Link to the Discord, yeah. and the Discord is a, a growing community, so you can find all of our updates on any of those. Nice. Well, then, Blaster, you want to take us out? Absolutely. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, everybody who joined us in the chat and contributed. And everybody, join us next week. Same dark time, same dark channel. Peace. Oh.